everybody. Welcome to Get This Around the Nation on Triple M with myself, Tony Martin, and Ed Gat. No. Oh. Oh, no. Oh. It's Gal Wilson. <laughs> the close of Capril. I, I, well, it's the last day of Capril, isn't it? Yeah, we And you hadn't appointed an official spokes rodent for <laughs> Capril, and clearly that should be the Capybara, which is the largest yeah. rodent. See, the thing is, I left most of the organising to Ed Cameron. <laughs> so when you say, we haven't organised, we haven't organised most of it. We only gave out an email address where people were sending their photos about a week and a half ago. And they have been coming in. We will be announcing the winner uh, in about 15 minutes. Sensational. People all over the country at their workplace in Capes wondering, will Poised. it be me? Poised. <laughs> Just waiting. So much you're wearing there. I am. Bit of a purple fringe. I know. It's sort of suffragette coloured. Half Fremantle, half suffragette. It's green and purple. Uh, and it has the capybara on it, which is the largest uh, semi-aquatic rodent oh, from it? South America. Uh, it's also, it's a real it's animal. It's a real animal. It's not just a part. Yeah, there's a picture of it. Look at the picture. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a giant guinea pig oh, crossed yeah. with a hippo. Kind of. it's, uh, <laughs> it's described in the dictionary as a pig-sized amphibious districamore, <laughs> which <laughs> sounds like an insult to me. <laughs> it's a strickamore week. All next week on Triple M. We're not here next week. That's what they'll be subbing in. They'll strickamore. Why do we feel so underdressed today, Richard? We should have really caped up again. Yeah, we, I'm disappointed. We wore capes for a whole day. And you've never seen so much stuff swept off people's <laughs> desks. <laughs> what of OH&S issues? It's a ludicrously well, impractical. It's quite good for dusting, though. <laughs> oh, there's not a, not a speck <laughs> in this studio. Um, you've got a cat, haven't you, Cal? Yes, I've got a cat. Well, I've got a cat and a cape, actually. Well, see, that's... Oh, there's a picture of my cat wearing a cape. Oh, that's beautiful. A sort of uh, Mary design. It's actually wearing a napkin, but it looks like a cape because the cat's quite small. The sad thing is, that was taken four years ago. There was no cape roll. I just dressed it in a serviette. Ahead of your time. <laughs> but, okay, if you're into cats, we'll see you halfway there. Filling uh, there's another... There's, there's, more, there's another there. cat wearing a jersey. She's setting up a slide projector screen. <laughs> a jersey. Yeah, that'd be a, called a jumper. A jumper. It's very a jumper. It was very angry. It ran backwards around the living room <laughs> trying to get out of the jumper. <laughs> is that wearing jandals as well? <laughs> Look at that. That is a cat in jandals. They're very small. Yeah. It's a hysterical. Notes on a jandal. There's my New Zealand pun for the day. <laughs> out of my system. We can move on. So you've got cats. You're into cats. Clearly. A little bit too much. You're not eating enough if you're going to fill in for Ed Cavalier. Oh, sorry. Can I I'll make a cup of tea noise? I don't have any music. Yeah, a, bit of, go. a bit of stamping, a bit of this, Flat. a bit of bump, mic bumping. Ah, ah, ah. A bit Is that of right? <laughs> trying ah. to find something amusing in what Tony's reading out of his fire. <laughs> Lots of things oh, to do. Did you see the sandwich guy today? Yeah. He normally comes in smoking a cigar. That guy's broke. <laughs> He's just wearing a barrel today. <laughs> He's broke. <laughs> He's been cleaned out. <laughs> then he finds out we're off for the whole of next week. Oh, he's in trouble. He's selling his house. Uh, what about Ed Cavalier? What is he doing? Some kind of, well, he claims it's a sitcom. Mm. I think that's an excuse for plastic surgery. Mm. I think oh. he's, gone, he's, been, he's having some work done. He's going to come back in sunglasses and a baseball hat. Having the boob then sorted. <laughs> but he, you know, I've never seen him doing any of his stage acting. Have you said, what would that be like? No, I've never seen I know he's done, has he done Shakespeare? He's mentioned I'm that seeing a time. guy on stage in Macbeth with a Subway sandwich in one hand. Damn <laughs> 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 spot. Oh, with a mouthful. 
And I've got a spot on my shirt. It'll go into that, that nice shirt that he wore on that Of course. Natural sexual hair. Still playing in the Northern Territory. I'm surprised you haven't brought any of your cats in today, Cal. Well, if I'd known I was allowed, yeah. there'd been carnage in the studio. I nearly brought my dog in. Really? Nearly brought the dog in. That too. sounds like a metaphor for, or you know, oh, so I nearly brought the dog in. Nearly brought the dog in, mate. <laughs> you have succeeded where MTV has failed. You brought the dog in. I have. I like it. I couldn't get the dog. I mean, you know, too many schmackos, too many sausages required to get it to come all the way in. <laughs> but I did actually interview her last night. I brought in an interview Fantastic. with my dog. Check this out. saying at home, let's launch this thing properly. Let's announce the winners next. This Alicia, who is on the back of her horse, wearing a cape. Oh, spectacular. Not 
strictly speaking, wearing a cape, but she is cantering and she's got a hood on her cape. Wow, and off to work at the bank. That's a fantastic look. <laughs> it's an all-weather cape. And this, I quite like this one. This is from James Johnston. Yes. There are doctors with a defibrillator working on a patient wearing capes. Saving a life wearing capes. Oh, That's what superheroes do. <laughs> Beautiful. Probably illegal, but fantastic. <laughs> and I like the way their capes actually look like those towels that they've pulled out of the towel dispenser in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if you could have a cape that you could just keep pulling more and more out. <laughs> so it was clean every day. It went round and round. That's a wall. That had got the box of sand. That would have got the box to stand. Right? It would turn into a loincloth, though, as it came around the front, wouldn't it? That would be a bit weird. Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> and a bus driver wearing a cape. Oh, Got to be happy with that. That's fantastic. That's from Fiona. Exact change, please, says that man. What about our finalists? Let's get to them. We have seven runners-up. Oh. Ed did most of the choosing before he went away, yeah. and he couldn't get it down to less than seven runners-up. Everyone will be getting... A copy of the extremely rare Get This Album, a legal download. We had a few more. Yep. Only a thousand were uh, stamped. Yeah. The first runner-up is Blake Overdun of... He is in a G-string. In a G-string by a pool, and he's wearing a cape. And he's just lifting the leaf out of the pool. <laughs> like, this is what I do every day. Our second runner-up, Chris Dare. Yes, give him a round of Behind Cocky and Mel one morning, oh. just lurking <laughs> in a yellow cape through the window. That is a good effort. Like a very disturbing Where's Wally. But the fantastic thing is he looks like he's taking his duties very seriously. <laughs> he does. He's not enjoying this. This is, you know, this is the nation's security. I get the feeling Koshy would have a restraining order taken out on that bloke by now. Tristan Baxter. <laughs> Because petri dishes will be swept onto the floor, I'm telling you. <laughs> Samples will be polluted, but it doesn't stop him. He's got superhero gloves on as well. He's using chemicals or something. Preparing for Glovuary. I'm assuming Tristan Baxter's won a bloody album. Look at that. He's got oh, a cape on mowing the lawn. Oh, fantastic. And there's pictures of buttocks on the cape, which is nice. Oh, okay, extra points for buttocks, Indeed. I guess. That's what Ed was thinking. Is that, uh, is that Travis? Travis yes. from uh, Putney, not Putney Swope, Putney in Sydney. Who else have we got running up? Rob and Leone Tognoni. <laughs> Fantastic, and uh, extra points for interesting name. You think you've seen a cat wearing a cape? Not the way this bloke does it, Alan. to marry someone else now. I may have to marry this man. Unless <laughs> you're beaten to it by our final runner-up, Justine Noble. Suitable possible for a mechanics workshop, do you feel? And an interesting cape fact. 
Oh, interesting Kate Beck on every page. Elvis Presley often wore capes during the later part of his career as part of a series of jumpsuit based ensembles inspired by Captain Marvel. <laughs> there you go. I can't wait till June. <laughs> June? So I tell you about June. Tell us. Although a wide variety of coats, overcoats and rain gear are worn with Highland dress to deal with inclement weather, the Inverness cape has come to be almost universally adopted for rainy weather by pipe bands the world over. Beautiful, Justine. Uh, I hope that calendar will be uh, mass-produced and on sale in Victoria Point, Queensland. That's where she's from. But who is the grand winner? I think we know who it is. He's been our favourite all along. It's In a green cape, looking a little bit bored. Ah, uh, it is genius. It's the acting, it's the it subtlety. Is. I mean, it everyone is. has sent in something great. Um, in my opinion, there are no bad ones here in yeah. front of us. But there's something about that that looks real, that really he makes you believe mm. he would wear yes, that cape to work every day. And he, and he would wear it every day, and he'd only wash it about once every two weeks. <laughs> And I get the feeling the iMac isn't going to cheer him up. Look, that is a man <laughs> intrigued from the sadness at yeah. his workstation. He'll go, well, I won't be able to fax the iMac. It's useless. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Peter Lead. Well done for everybody who took part in the magic of Capril. Wonderful. Are we moving on to, I think it was uh, Josie Long the other day who suggested we uh, do dismay. Oh, yeah, oh, dismay. Nice. Right. It was That's just right. basically us dissing people. Yeah, we, re- we need Ed here to do the proper dissing. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. good with the job. Oh, Oh, hang on. Hang on. Here he comes now. Cavalry cross with Debnam. This is Peter Debnam. I don't seem to have those, those figures in front of me. I like it. Congratulations, everyone who was capable. We'll have a song so this Kel Wilson can stop coughing. We'll be back in a moment on Triple M. The pretend is brass in pocket here again. This around the nation on Triple M. Myself, Tony Martin, Richard Marsden pushing buttons, and the delightful Carl Wilson filling in for Ed Stavely. Well done. It's a beautiful impression. Yes. It's, it's not quite muesly enough, but I'm doing my best. Hey, we're going to put all those caper winners up on the website so that people can peruse the gallery and decide whether we got it wrong. Because, you know, there's always a bit of controversy with um, things like this. Animal lovers will be going, what about the assemblage of animals dressed in tea towels? Yes. They'll be saying, what about them? <laughs> and I'll be saying, I'm with your sister. What about this person here? Uh, who is it who sent me this? Nikki. Someone called Nikki. Nikki? Has, not our Nikki. <laughs> has started Cape... Ca- uh, sorry. Camp Capril. Oh, She's just had a kid's... Ca- uh, I can't put this together. <laughs> a kid's Cape camp. She organised this herself. They went away for a week. With the trusty help of some capable leaders, we uh, sat up the night before camp till 2 in the morning, sewing 90 capes for the kids who were who arrived the next day. A couple of us were more heavily involved in the lifestyle that is capable and decided simply having one cape wouldn't do. We sewed seven capes for each day of the week. Black velvet capes, tartan capes, black, just every kind of cape, formal wear capes. Feathered capes. It was beautiful, Tony, Ed, and Richard, brackets and cow. It would have brought a tear to your eye to watch as we taught over a hundred kids and leaders how to swirl their cape on in unison. I know I cried. Thanks for bringing the dream that is capable to our lives, boys and Cal. And don't forget, there is no escaping the caping. This is out of control. No oh, escaping the caping. I like the lifestyle. It's like she's a naturist, <laughs> but she's a capturist or something like that. Zero, zero. Sounds like the parents got into it more than the kids. Yeah, yeah. Come on. It's 3 a.m. Can we get to bed? No, we need more bangles. Lots of trainers. <laughs> 
Count, now, there's been a comedy festival going on in Melbourne, and we've been getting great guests through on the show. You haven't been part of it. You've no. been in Adelaide. What have I, you been? I did Adelaide instead of Melbourne. I did Adelaide before Melbourne. And God, it's, it's so nice walking around the Melbourne Festival and laughing at all the stressed comedians. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> My stress is over. How many flies have people handed to you? Oh, only about three. Oh, only okay. about three. Um, but Adelaide was fun. My favourite thing that I saw in Adelaide was a... Um, at a cafe, and it, had, it was one of those chef's suggestion boards. Oh, yeah. And on it, it had chef's suggestion, can of Coke and hot dog with sauce. <laughs> wow, it's a gourmet. Uh, and I came to, I've bought some presents for you. I've bought some presents for you. Oh. Um, uh, I've, I've meant to give you that. I just go, that's the album by Tony Martin called The Cage. Oh, wow. Which Tony Martin is that? It's the heavy metal Tony oh, Martin. Oh, the one who was, I think, the seventh lead singer of uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I thought, quite weird, Tony Martin. Doing an album called The Cage. You're doing covers of Paco and JB and stuff like that. Or if you're listening in Brisbane, Skippo, George. Nice, nice. Sully. Exactly. Another present for you, Tony Martin. This has turned into like weird Christmas. Robin Hitchcock, guest of yours. Yeah, he's great. Nick Kershaw, obsession of yours. I have the album Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians, The Kershaw Sessions. You are joking. That's right, because Nick. Because when Robin Kershaw came in, Robin Kershaw came in. Robin Kershaw, that's, that's, a, that's a producer who hates me. <laughs> Sorry, that's somebody else entirely. <laughs> See, I've combined the two <laughs> accidentally. Uh, Robin Hitchcock came in, presented us with a copy of the 45 single of Wide Boy, mm. signed by himself and three members of REM. <laughs> now you're saying that is actually a Kershaw. I forgot that I had it. I looked at my bookshelf the other day and I suddenly went, I think I should give this to you. But surely there's no Nick Kershaw No, no, I, I don't know what the connection is, but it's called the Kershaw Sessions. <laughs> okay, that goes on the shelf. Brilliant. Uh, uh, in the pool room, I think you're fine. Uh, no, <laughs> the shelf in the pool. Uh, now, and for Richard Martin, I, I found this fantastic um, jigsaw puzzle in Adelaide, which on the back has warning, goking hazard. Oh, <laughs> careful. He's always joking. <laughs> you won't joke, but you might go. Uh, and it's, it's called Opposites, but it's got some interesting pictures on it. I don't know if you'd like to um, help me. Yeah. What, what is the opposite of ice, Tony? Well, that would be fire. No, it's coffee. It's become coffee, apparently. Oh, yeah, the opposite of an elephant is? Um, well, a mouse. Yeah, okay. Opposite, opposite of a giraffe? Um, a mouse again, I would have thought. Squirrel. Squirrel. Squirrel, apparently. Opposite of empty... And full. Full. Oh, no, orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, opposite of alarm clock. Another alarm clock, yes, apparently. Bank of alarm clock. <laughs> opposite so. of a candle, a different candle. <laughs> what the hell is this? I know, in the shape. That is a joking handle. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the shapes are just kind of amoebic. They're not really... You, yeah, they don't That's, 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 that's for you, Richard. Really the stuff always comes with gifts. Seconds of fun. Wow. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you very much. More of a boggle man, but I appreciate the present. Thanks very much. Uh, how are the water restrictions over in Adelaide? To, what level are they on over there? Uh, Twelve. I think there's rain uh, yeah. possibly already there by now. Yeah. Came down last night. Well, no. A couple of days ago. Have there been water theft scandals? Have you seen all the water theft uh, gear on the news? There's, there's like football grounds nicking water and stuff like that from tiny towns. Is that what you're talking about? In the tiny town of Puong. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been so much reportage of that simply because they just love saying Puong. Over and over again. I reckon uh, they should add our sound effect. <laughs> Just <to> add that. <laughs> Maybe you could be like Murray Tregoning during the news. 
Oh, yeah, that, just, that would be a great gig. Going during the news, and every time the bloke says Poo Wong, welcome to Poo Wong. The puzzled locals. Where the water came from and all that, I would never call it. With water being trucked into Poo Wong in neighbouring towns, the authority is hunting down the culprits. Poo Wong's football club's president says he thought the club's dam was supplied by a spring. Many locals, though, say the real reason Poo Wong is such a great footy ground is that this is a community which cares about its institutions. For all the suspicion, Poo Wong's fierce rivals and local reigning premiers, Nyora, can't wait to try out the surface. Christopher Still, Poo Wong. <laughs> the home of the sharpest satire on radio. It's get this. Dear, oh dear. Hey, you know, we've been talking about Comedy Festival for the last uh, month or so. Yeah. And people who aren't in Melbourne have been enjoying the parade of guests. But we haven't really let the listeners talk about what they like in comedy. That's a good point. Startling point. What are you up to get this? <laughs> Pull your socks up. Stop lettering on about Kate and let the listeners have a go. That'll be next. It'll be interesting to see if the broadcasting authority ACMA agrees that a misogynistic, half-naked, simulated sex act with the is what the community thinks reasonable. <laughs> or if the ad break's still going in another state, it's get this around the nation. Well done. On <laughs> Triple M, Cal Wilson filling in for Ed Cavalier. Uh, yes, fluffing papers around, eating sandwiches, not quite enough of them. Brought in some uh, music for us. What is this German well, album? I like to buy, I like to go to, you know, a, a record shop and just buy the $2.99 albums because sometimes you, get, you know nothing about it. Yeah. Sometimes you get really hilarious music. Yeah. So I've bought uh, Jürgen von Mindler. Uh, it's a German album called The Stegreif Geschichten. Yeah, I hope that's uh, fit for broadcast. Yeah, so do, I, so do I. And I'm thinking it would probably be some hilarious umpa music and it's spoken word. Oh, really? I've bought a German spoken word album. I'd be too frightened to put that to air. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Who knows what he's saying? I'd be coded. <laughs> so I went on Wikipedia to find out... Um, a bit more about the guy, and yeah. of course it's in German, so it does that automatic translation. Oh, they're great. <laughs> so apparently Jürgen of Manga uh, began its career as an actor in Hagen right after the Second World War. Afterwards, it was active 17 years in the amusing character subject that stages in Bochum and Geltridge. It puts the lotion on its skin. Um, <laughs> and then it says, uh, after an impact accumulation in 1985, by which also its language centre was affected, could not exercise Jürgen of Manga the occupation of play any longer. We're not going to be able to play Jürgen or any of its music. <laughs> we don't play things like that on this station. Oh, hey, but it had an unexpectedly large success. In the television, one of its large successes was the road Keg Myers Journey, which was radiated between 1972 and 1979 by the second channel of German television. This sounds like one of these... E- Do you get these emails from Nigeria yep, telling exactly. you you're a member of the royal family or maybe from the Ukraine saying, invest now in real-making gold? <laughs> I get lots of um, MySpace things of um, crystal clear ringtones. Check out this site. Oh, but how do you have to send them details? Or I, I don't, I've never gone there. Yeah, no, no. Or the I, I wouldn't, you know, really girls do size matter, like things like that. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of those. Well, uh, my wife just won $850,000. Really? <laughs> yeah. Got an email yesterday, won 850 grand. Has to send all her banking details yep. to someone, though. That's the way it works. Yeah, you can't yeah. give a little to get a little. 
What is it? I mean, like, and, uh, I think it was the West Excelsior Corporation. Again. <laughs> Gee, they've got fingers in a lot of pies, that lot. <laughs> and they've just got 80, 850 grand to yeah. just give away to random people. They want you to have it. Yeah. That's the great thing. Do I win it or do I? am I holding it for someone else? Yeah. Have you done that? Oh, I've heard of that. That's never happened to me, though. Yeah. I'm not, I drop things, but I'm not uh, the whole things very often. Don't give your banking details to anyone, not even the bank. That's my policy. <laughs> Give it all to yourself. Uh, we're not going to have any, what's his name? Jürgen von Menga. Sorry, yeah. Jürgen of Menga. That's ludicrous. We're going to have Paolo Nutini. Yeah. How about right that? now on Triple M. Yeah. Paolo Nutini. Jenny, don't be hasty. Yeah. Here again, there's music. New music. Because you never know what we'll play next. Is that right? It could be German. <laughs> <laughs> Craftwork. We're up Talkback Mountain, and look who's joined us at Base Camp One. It's Cal Wilson. Give her a round again. In case you're wearing headphones at home or in your car, very odd sound wearing headphones and having someone else eat a sandwich in there. Actually, inside the headphones. Not the sound, actually, in your headphones. Not only is it the end of April, it's the end of the International Comedy Festival in Melbourne, and uh, what a great bunch of guests we've had through really big names, really small names. Who have you seen that you've liked in Melbourne? I have loved Michael Chamberlain and yes. Lawrence Mooney. Yeah, we've had Lawrence and haven't had Chamberlain. See, that's the thing. We haven't had time to get everybody through because we can only have one per day. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen, Mr. Mark? Who I loved Michael Chamberlain's show. That was really great. Yeah. And also a young comedian called Michael Connell, who... I don't know. Yeah, he's about 23, but he... I put on... I was just me and another guy watching the show, but it was absolutely fantastic. It was called Classic. <laughs> and the reason that he named it that is so in the review, someone would always write the word classic. That's his opening joke anyway. We've had people in here like Ross Noble who are filling town halls, playing to a thousand seats. Then there's people who might only play to a few people. I think we've got one on the line now. Vic Plume, are you there? <laughs> Which is it? This Sunday? This Sunday, off at Wilbarrow in the city tone. Only one show, is that right, Vic? Hello, you guys. Yep, it's one show. Got three cameras making a DVD. It's going off. I've been, I'm on your show, so it's going to be packed. <laughs> it's going to go off. I can't guarantee that. If you wear a cape, it might go off. And if you don't want to see me, come and see Rusty, the home hardware dog. I'm doing the voice of that. Where? Oh. Off at Wilbarrow. Now, 299. Because, of course, Greg Fleet does the other one in that. He does Sandy. I'm Rusty, he's Sandy. Wow. And do you do it together or do you record separately? It depends what mood we're in. <laughs> depends if, uh, it depends if um, Fleety's taxis come to pick him early. I heard a police siren the other day and I heard you, Tony, saying this is uh, this Fleety's cab. Yeah, well, that's our standard Fleety line. Uh, okay, so this is, you haven't, I think I plugged your show about three weeks ago. You're saying it wasn't on. Almost sounds rude, doesn't it? Yes. Um, well, instead of doing... Six shows, like 22 shows in three weeks, which is hard because there's only 21 days in three weeks. Yes. 22 shows in April, and uh, a little bit of trouble happened, and I sort of went on a one-man union strike. We're going to cut this story short. <laughs> and I said, look, I'll tell you what, give me the good room, the big room, the room that works, and I will pack it out, and that way I can film my DVD and that as well. And with, so this is this Sunday at the Elephant and Wheelbarrow in Melbourne. What time does it start? It starts at 6.15, and I'll tell you, any details, or if it's last year after, check out my website, 
VicPlume.com, that's V-I-C, Vic as in Vic Bitter, Plume as in Plume of Smoke. Think of beer and smoke, that's Vic Plume. VicPlume.com, <laughs> don't forget the W's, all the info's on there, and some laughs, Tone. All right, well, the best of luck on Sunday night, Vic, and obviously if people come along, they'll be part of DVD history. That's what we're suggesting. Good luck to you, Vic. Good luck to you. What about the listeners? What about great comedy? We just want to hear about great live comedy you've seen. What's some of the best live comedy you've ever seen? Oh, okay. It's a tough one. It's just a single moment. I'll give you one. I was in Edinburgh in 1991, and I saw a bloke called Rob Newman, who I think was in the Mary Whitehouse experience. Okay. And he was on stage, and he was laying into Gloria Estefan, <laughs> who just had a terrible accident, remember, years ago, and she had a metal rod. Yeah. Oh, yes. Put into her spine. He crashed her butt. He was making fun of her. He was cracking jokes about metal rods. Audience, gone. Silence. Nobody's going with him. He's lost the whole audience. And he goes, and clearly he didn't like Gloria Estefan. And he goes, I'm going to be there. She's performing at Wembley on February the 3rd, and I'm going to be there. And he walks off stage, and everyone thinks he's gone. Unease in the audience. What's happened? Then he walks back on carrying a giant U-shaped comedy cartoon magnet. Oh, wow. Won the audience back with a frog. Great moment of comedy because you almost thought it had gone off the rails, then it came back. That's the kind of thing I like in comedy. Have you seen anything like that, Mr. Marsler? Well, every time I see Ross Noble, I'm just constantly yeah. surprised at yeah. what he can yeah. do. And it's amazing. His shows are amazing value for money as well. Yeah. Two and a half hours the other night. It's a fantastic night out. Yeah. I was um, thinking Ross Noble. He is brilliant. Yeah, he's like, just so surprising every time. But also Lee Mack, when Lee Mack came oh, out. Yeah. And it's really, it's just machine gun joke after joke. And it was his first show, I think it was in Adelaide, the Adelaide Fringe Festival. And he tipped over a beer and his mic shorted out. <laughs> anyway, it ended up being a five-star show, but he ended up talking for about 20 minutes and the mic shorting out. It was absolutely amazing. Oh, I went to a show um, in Edinburgh, Jenny Eclair, years ago. Oh, yeah, and yeah. at the end of her show, another audience stormed that audience, and it was Simon Munnery doing his um, Ellen Parker <laughs> Urban Warrior thing. Yeah. And so his audience stormed that audience, and he was trying to out her as a lesbian, which she isn't. But it became this like, <laughs> hilarious thing. And so I went to see his show because I wanted to be on the other half of the audience. And then after we'd stormed Jenny Eclair's audience, he just left us in a car park and ran away. And it was brilliant. Gold. <laughs> Very <laughs> material. We want to hear about a great moment in live comedy you've seen. It can be anywhere. It can be years ago. It can be recently. Give us a call. one triple three five three. You certainly don't know what we'll play today. Yeah. Carol Wilson, you never know who'll be co-hosting the show. She's joined us during a cave. <laughs> And we've had so many live comedians through here recently. We want to say to the listeners, what bit of live comedy have you seen that you'd like to have we got? Richard, uh, let's say hello to David. Hi, David. Oh, hello. G'day. How you doing? Not bad. Who have you seen? Uh, Billy Connolly, back in 96. Oh, <laughs> how many hours did he go for? Oh, he went for about two and a half, nearly three. Well, what was the highlight for you? Uh, it's actually on the DVD of the 96 tour, but uh, the funny thing was uh, about 30 minutes in, uh, about two or three people walked in, uh, obviously forgetting the time it started. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, he's just like, oh, it's all right, people, call off the search. We've uh, had people that minus helmets look for these people, like out in the ocean. Oh, right, cool, off the surge! <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes out of that. Oh, he was on, he was on it for uh, probably the next half hour or so. Fantastic. <laughs> Alright, that's a beauty. Do you ever turn on your audience if they arrive like how? What sort of procedures? I, I include them, but I don't ever no. harass them. I got heckled by a guide dog puppy once. Did you? Yeah. Just barking from the audience. Yeah. And it was just a puppy who was being trained to go to comedy. 
was there a sandwich uh, behind your face <laughs> that you didn't know was there? That's what I'll do. More cat material. Wow. Uh, I think Peter is with us. Peter, you there? Yeah, how are you, Paul? Good. Great live comedy. Uh, last laugh out in Fitzroy, long time ago. Yes. Uh, the master Greg Fleet and some other guy from a station, Mr. Tim Smith. Yes. Um, put a nursery rhyme show on. Oh yes. Two <laughs> 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 raw chicken. Two raw chicken. Oh, yeah. No, I think there was Andrew Goodwin and Tim Smith who used to do Die Bastards uh, Theatre of Prague, where they would have raw chickens dancing about in a suitcase. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. That's the one. And this is at the last laugh. Now, if it was Greg Fleet and Tim Smith, can I ask, did all the clothes just drop to the floor for no reason at any point? <laughs> well, in the end, there was Little Red Riding Hood eating the big bad wolf, and, um, and then they made a career of it. That's probably the funniest thing. <laughs> That's right. Well, I have seen Fleety and uh, Mr. Smith just, you know, nude up completely gratuitously if things are going badly. Fantastic. You'd never do that. I'm hoping, Cal. No, no. Put more clothes on if I'm unsure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. I think uh, Caitlin is with us. Caitlin? Hello. What uh, comedy did you see? I saw um, Sling Whittle do bike trips around that uh, St. George's Road roundabout in Fitzroy in the late 80s. Now, that's Slim Whittle, a.k.a. Mitchell Fairclough. Was that a gig or that was just something you saw on the street? No, no, we were actually in a gig and Trevor Marmalade was on stage and he invited the whole audience to come out and watch his bike tricks and everyone just sat there not doing anything. And then he, he said, no, I'm serious, come out. So we all went out and he just did these amazing bike tricks. Whether they were... Um, it was, they were just good as bike tricks, let alone funny. <laughs> he did a gazelle, I remember, like, with his stomach on the bike seat and his arms and legs in a Superman-style position. As well, that's what we want to see, more cycling in comedy. Sounds like you've got a comedy show going on in the background there, Caitlin. What's happening? Oh, no, that's my kids because, um... They've, uh, yes, they're, they're sick of me because I've been seeing a lot of comedy at this comedy festival. Oh, and, and, they're, and they're fed up with me, so they're trying to get my attention at this point in time. Heckling. <laughs> but I must say, Phil, Phil Nickel has been my favourite show so far. Oh, there's a man who likes to nude up. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> exciting. All right, leave that rabble. Who have we got next? Uh, let's say hello to Michael. Hi, Michael. Michael, what did you see? Oh, hi, guys. Um, I went to a... a Festival show a couple of years ago. I think it was the Athenaeum too. It was three UK comics, and during the the first one, a, a couple arrived late into the theatre, yeah. still with their glass of wine in their hands, oh, and, yeah. and a little bit tipsy. At which point, um, the comedian gave them a bit of a hard time. A couple of minutes later, the two of them decided they needed to get up and go to the toilet. Right, <laughs> they go. At which point, the comedian invited the whole audience to come and hide backstage. <laughs> <laughs> And hidden when they came back in, the, the comedian was standing there doing his routine to an empty theatre. <laughs> How did that go? Um, the look of shock on their faces when we all came from backstage was priceless. <laughs> That's great stuff. Very hard to top, though. We, we had a guy fall asleep at a gig once in Christchurch. at 300 people in the theatre. He fell asleep. Uh, so we just got the audience to all yell, Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> the traditional Christchurch now. Uh, Daryl, are you there? Yeah, mate. Uh, about 12, 13 years ago in uh, a place in the Middle East called Abu Dhabi, we went and saw Barry Humphreys. Oh, fantastic. 
Uh, he come out in his uh, Les Patterson get-up. Yeah. And the audience, if you can imagine, was half expats and half locals. Yeah. Walked out on stage, stopped, looked around, and the first thing he said was, what shop had a special on Red Check Gingham? <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? Um, every expat in the place hid under the chairs. <laughs> Les Patterson, building bridges to the Middle East. There is oh, a pretty beautiful. Spectacular piece of legendary footage going around South Australia, which was a show called A Touch of Elegance. Yeah. Um, and Les Patterson was a special guest. This is in like 1982. Wow. And it was a really like lardy da show called A Touch of Elegance, wherein he pulled out his fake penis and proceeded to use it to stir some pasta. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 at 11 o'clock on live television in the morning. <laughs> but it's so funny. And can I ask, is that that became AM Adelaide with Anne Wills? And. Uh, Richard Marsland. There you go. <laughs> he can link anything to himself. We've got time for one more, have we? Yeah. Oh, Darren. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you there, Darren? I am indeed. How are you? What did you see? Just uh, a couple of weeks ago to the current festival, I went and saw the one-man Star Wars show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was w- weird. Well, I took my 11-year-old to explain a lot of it to me. Yeah. I didn't get all the characters, but uh, he was he was awesome. Uh, he added a, it was a mime show. He, he t- added a few like, well, jokes into it, but uh, he was awesome. Um, the poor all off to do the Princess Lion, the Jabba, the whole shebang. I hope he left out uh, Jar Jar Bing. That's that's a great selection of comedy. Sadly, we lost the bloke who was going to tell us about Spike Milligan, or as he introduced himself when I saw him live in 1982, Spick Malagna, the well-known spelling mistake. (laughs) A very funny man every single time. That bloke, uh, we are running so late. That's just the way we like it here. You're crazy. (laughs) The news is coming up later in this hour. And then we'll be joined by Tom Gleisner. They called Pies Pigs and now they've met their match. Can't you always be guaranteed that this music can't be? It really does. <laughs> <laughs> I 
on the point of running out of gas. Can't you be guaranteed when you get an email from someone you don't know all that well and it contains lines, thought you might find this funny? Can't you be guaranteed if you won't? Not going to be funny. But you know, if you want to see you know the last series of The Sopranos, don't go to YouTube. But if you want to see a montage of all Bill Spector's hairpieces, cut the music. That's the place to go to. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about. Rubbish mostly in this hour. Oh, get this. Let's get this around the nation on Triple M. Cover me. For a Springsteen, we've got uh, a different panel in today. Firstly, Cal Wilson. Have you seen the American version? I have. I've been to YouTube. Oddly, oh. yeah. Mm. How does it look out of sync? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's really weird hearing not Aussie accents. That's, yeah. the, that's the really strange thing. They've used our, see, our scenario. So, right. so oh, you okay. recognize, in fact, all the overseas versions have used them. So even when you're watching, say, the Dutch version, you can kind of go, oh, I remember this one, but you can't understand a word they're saying. And, and do people head naturally towards the same kind of jokes? Uh, the Americans are a bit bigger and broader and, and more of a tendency to drop the prop. You know, oh, yeah, when yeah, yeah. it's just it's just a bit bigger. But they they certainly brought out some big guns because we, we said that we sold the format rights to the United States, but basically they can make the show any way they like. Yep, yep, yep. And they've, they've tended to go really heavy celebrities, so they'll get Jason Alexander from Seinfeld or right. Sam Drescher. Yeah. Um, whereas we've said, you know what, it really works well with not necessarily superstars, yeah. you know, just, just good, talented, um, quick-thinking people. But they've tended to go very much up the celebrity end of the pool. And who have you liked? So far, um, Jennifer Coolidge. Do you, you yeah, might yeah, know, yeah, love she's in all of Christopher Guest's movies. How is she? Just if people don't know her, she's the woman who looks a bit like Anna Nicole Smith yes, after a lot yeah. of plastic <laughs> surgery yeah. in most of the Guest films. She always looks a little spaced out. So within in the, the most recent one, what's the um, uh, for your consideration? For your consideration, yeah. where they're, they're saying the films like should it's a little bit too Jewish, and maybe they can make it more based on. On yeah. Easter, and, uh, and she goes, maybe like more of the rabbit. I mean, <laughs> that's her contribution to the comedy. Second, Stifler's mom. Wasn't yeah. she Stifler's mom in American, American Pie? There's one of those American Pie wedding films on this week because Channel 10 are running these ads and say, he's taken her up the aisle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I resist that one. <laughs> but we're, um, so we're halfway through the series of, of the first series of Thank God You're Here in the States, but we were on Oprah. Well, not me personally, but Oprah likes oh, the show. And she invited the host and the, and the ensemble yeah, yeah, yeah. And she actually did, they did a scenario. Oh, and, and she wow. went, and was she in it? She was excellent. Because we were going, this will be a car crash. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and far from it, she was just, she's actually really sharp and funny. And you know when Oprah kind of yeah. you know, gives you the imprimatur, you kind of, uh, that's a big endorsement. But she was an actress, wasn't she? Wasn't she in the Colour Purple? Yeah, that other one? So what was the scenario? That other one. <laughs> she, I think she was, a, it was, a, she was um, in a store, like a donut store or something like that, and the millionth customer came through and she had to think of, you know, what their special prize was. But she was just, oh, I'll give you a house and a car! Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just came naturally to Oprah. But no, she was really good. And the host, isn't it David Allen Greer? It is. People, what would they know he was in in Living Colour? Mm. Oh, yeah. I know him mostly from Amazon Women on the Moon, which will come on Channel 10 about 11.30 on a Sunday night. He's Don Simmons, the black without soul. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. black guy in a sort of Ned Flanders jumper, yeah. Yeah. Uh, driving a Volvo, voting Republican and singing, Chim Chimini, Chim Chimini. <laughs> <laughs> There's the pedigree. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're on on the stage, which is great, and as well as lots of other little, funny little territories around the world. We're on in 
in the Czechoslovakia, I think. <laughs> 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 Israel. Just on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go through the door and hopefully leave the country. <laughs> Russia. We did Russia have made more episodes than we have. Are you serious? No, I am absolutely serious. However, we, we get to be paid anything resembling a, like a licensing fee. And, and it's been explained to us by the company doing this, but basically, don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> there is no problem. There is, well, there are no debt collectors in Russia, basically. <laughs> Who's going to take on that job? Yeah, I'll go and ask for the money. So <laughs> Hang on a second. You're saying they came up with more scenarios. So they would have had to come up with their own scene. Well, what sort of ones did they come up with? Who knows? Oh, I don't even think it's on YouTube. It's yeah. out of salt mine. <laughs> Boris Yeltsin's funeral. Oh, hey, let's not make light. It's been a very no. tragic event. I'm sure you've had the pants and half mask all, <laughs> all week for this uh, very sad loss. I saw the footage of him lying in state, just in ice with a few VBs <laughs> dropped in there. Very sorry. Look, do you know how um, Barlap, they've got his heart preserved yeah. in a museum? Surely. Boris's liver. It's a glass case. The dance moves have been preserved. So how's the way, like, every, you know, going, oh, he's died. There'll be some, you know, a montage of his great... No, just the dancing footage over and over again. You have to remember that if you are in the public eye and you do something a little embarrassing, that will haunt yeah. you. That will stay yeah. with you. If you're kidnapped, that's the footage they'll play. If you die, that's the footage they'll play. And it'll be discussed endlessly on this program. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's what we want to do next. We want to talk about embarrassing scenarios. We've all had a few this week alone on this very program on Get This. <laughs> Here we get this on Triple M, where Cal Wilson is sitting in for Ed, who's off doing some acting today. <laughs> surgery. Surgery. Gleisner is with it. Surgery, you reckon? I reckon he's going to come back with suspicious black eyes and a different nose. <laughs> or a dead wiener. Uh, yeah. It could be a little bit of Lose the top, I think, <laughs> could be with. He's missed the final spectacular day of Capril, yeah. and if you've just tuned in, we announced the winner in the previous hour. It was Peter Lead. I'm going to show Tom the photograph. There it is. It's very straightforward. No gimmicks at all. That is, that is powerful. That is a man at his workstation. He's got a fax machine, a photocopier, and a cape. And it doesn't look bunged on. It no, looks for real. He looks like he's worn that all day. Yeah. He, he looks a little bit like Sam Gamgee as well, like as if he was updated from the Lord of the Rings into an office. He's got that same pleasing plumpness about him. Yes, I'm sorry, Tony. It probably hasn't gone as well as you would have hoped. The whole thing. <laughs> no, 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 it has. Because we actually thought nobody mm. would assume we were serious. Mm. Everyone would think we're taking the piss. And then, out of the woodwork, hundreds and hundreds of interest. Those capable t-shirts went in about a day. I was at a restaurant, four people wearing capes. <laughs> yes, towels, admittedly, <laughs> on the next table. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. But it was, it, it, I realised about three or four days in that it was it coming across yeah. as one of those slightly well-intentioned but ill-conceived charity ideas. <laughs> like, it's wear blue socks to work day <laughs> to raise money for dandruff research. <laughs> and you just realise it's, it's just not going to work. No, we just, I think it was about the 15th and we're going, how many entries have had about three, but we'd forgotten to give out the email address. Uh, and then I'm going, look at that Hamish and Andy sewn together. They're in everything <laughs> on the front of Time magazine. <laughs> what are we doing? Have, have, you, always lie. have you got the rest of the month sorted out? Uh, we September. We try to sell that idea what, to Schwepp. Yeah, no, what, what about September? And it's all about wood. It's all about timber. I <laughs> see a whole month. You've got to get a whole month. Like we were talking about Borgus mm. for the Star Trek fans. <laughs> I just have a picture of people dressed as the Borg on trampolines. I'm not sure, but there's a long way to go. I can actually remember back in the 80s, Tony, when we were doing radio. There was actually a court case. Two FM stations were fighting over Rocktober. <laughs> Can you imagine that before the full bench of the high court? And that's when we went with Rock Timber and just went, we'll get in a month early. But actually claiming Rock Who thought of Rock.
October. They're also arguing over two up Tuesdays versus double shot Tuesdays. <laughs> We've got that for any day. What else do you remember about the 1980s on Radio Tom when you were very little apart from that? But that was a, that was a big bone of contention who came in with first. I see what I remember from the 80s spinal tap, and I see they're back. What's going yes. on? They've done it. They're, they're reforming now. Actually, Harry Shearer, who's a, a friend of ours, Harry plays um, Derek Small, Small, the bass player, and we've known Harry for many years. He explained to us uh, uh, why this happens. If they don't do something with Spinal Tap, like put out an album, make a public appearance, do some official get together, they lose the rights to the Spinal Tap name. Oh, it reverts to some sort of faceless corporation. It's because the characters and the, the songs were all developed for the movie. Oh, so yeah. therefore, whoever owns the rights to the movie owns the characters. Uh, but, but apparently, by reforming, by coming together yeah. le- as uh, every five years or something, they get to keep them. Yeah. So whether that's the total motivation or not, I don't know. But every now and then, Spinal Tap get back together, and they've just apparently made a 15-minute uh, uh, film with Rob Reiner, who of course directed yeah. the This Is Spinal Tap, um, and they've got a song Hotter Than Hell about global warming. It's called Warmer Than Hell. There you go. So I want to get their lyrics right. Oh. Majesty of rock, pageantry of roll. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and we actually met, we met Spinal Tap today. Uh, they toured as Spinal Tap, a promotional tour. Um, yeah. And they came to the radio station where we were working. This was to promote Break Like the Wind. It was indeed. But they came in in character. Oh, so yeah, I think yeah. it was Nigel Tufnell and, and uh, Eric Smalls. Yes. And David Hubbard. In, in character, which was fabulous. And we, we talked to them on air and that was bad. And then the mics were off. And at that point, you wanted to, you want to stop talking to Damien and talk to Barry Humphreys. They wouldn't break. They stayed, oh, like, wow. in particular, Nigel, little yeah. quickly, just kept chewing the gum and giving the monosyllabic answer yeah. off air. And the only one of them, quietly, because we were really disappointed because, you know, we had all these nerdy questions we wanted sure, to ask about sure. making of the film and trivia stuff. And the only one that was prepared to kind of break when the other two weren't looking was Harry Shearer. Wow. He basically look, looked around, peeled off the, the moustache. No, actually, the moustache was real, wasn't it? But he said, you know, what do you want to know? And, and we got to know him at that point and wow. a lovely guy. And since then, he appeared in an episode of Frontline. He certainly brought Harry out as, um, as an American consultant, yeah, yeah, Tommy Hedges, yeah. uh, to, uh, to revamp the show. And then, it, then, of course, he made numerous appearances on the panel. Yeah, and who was that uh, American consultant based on, Tom? Um, it was, was someone who used to come periodically down to the radio station we used to work at and, and tell us what we were doing wrong and, and who yeah. our listener. Have you ever had the conversation about who your listener is? Yeah, yeah. Live, live the life of the Live the life of the listener. You're supposed to, and when you're on radio, especially if you're on your own, unlike, say, here when we're chatting, yeah effectively to each other and just assuming that some people are listening <laughs> possibly falsely. Well I guess when you're on your own you have to, you're supposed to have this mental image of who are you talking to so it yeah. doesn't get too sort of generic and, and we were told very without a hint of irony that our our listener, which was frankly accurate at the time, there's only one, yeah. and in fact there was Cal. <laughs> the only one. He, he was, was like a 23 year old plumber who he was drove, committed though. He was into it. He drove a blue <laughs> Nissan <laughs> and enjoyed, and of course, he curiously enjoyed all the music we played. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that was the sort of focus we had. To oh, I remember he would come out and he'd get all the staff into the boardroom, all the on air people, and he'd go, okay, you, I don't know who you are. <laughs> What's going on in the plot of Friends at the moment? And the guy go, I don't know. Get out. <laughs> you have no place working here. You know why? Because your listeners know. So what the hell are you doing talking to them if you don't know what's going on on print? And he was in the middle of one of these rants. And then the, the station, Triple M, was playing in the background. And Eagle Rock was playing. Now, he wouldn't have heard of Eagle no, Rock. No, no. And so he's in the middle of talking. Going, what? You don't know. Hey, hang on. What is that? Goddamn Stones album tracks. <laughs> and it's <laughs> out of the room. 
warmed up to whoever was on here. Obviously, you say, get that off. Never heard of it. And someone obviously told him it's quite a well-known song yeah. down this way. And we just all waited, and no one said anything in the boardroom <laughs> for two and a half minutes. And then he just shuffled in really embarrassed. And, and continued the meeting. This, this was a big station brainstorm. We tried to come up with ideas and talk about the direction of the station. And, you know, it was all about empowering and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And remember, there was one, one the Midnight to Dawn. Uh, he said, okay, any questions? And the Midnight to Dawn jock in the back said, yeah, the uh, bike rack's down on the foil. And, um, get out! <laughs> and he did. Welcome to Radio Cal. This is what it's like. Um, Chandler's going out with Monica. Woo! You're safe. Your job is safe. Hey, we haven't got to uh, embarrassment yet. We've got to get to that next. Our society is starting to feel the side effects. around the nation and indeed around the world. If you're listening on the internet, hello Cologne, Germany listeners who got behind Capril in a big way. We've got Cal Wilson filling in for Ed and we've got Tom Gleisner. Have you guys seen that footage of George Bush dancing? Mm. Politicians and dancing never go well, does it? It's like politicians holding a beer glass. It's just never authentic. Holding a beer glass and a baby. That's the one. But it was a a really great way to draw attention to uh, malaria awareness week. (laughs) (laughs) Those the symptoms? (laughs) It was truly, truly embarrassing. Getting on the bongos. Mm -hmm. George is struggling at the moment because the Democrats want to, they say, we'll only give you more money for the war in Iraq if you agree to bring the troops home. And and his basic line he's been trying out is, no, if we pull out of Iraq now, the country will descend into chaos. As opposed to the orderly civic triumph that's currently being played out in the Middle East. How much more chaotic can the country get? Maybe some more dancing is the answer. (laughs) It is one of those moments, it's so embarrassing you can almost hear this music. up for half an hour and then that music comes in. It's a great show. Sometimes I have to stop watching it halfway through because I can't bear it. And then I have to start it. Like, it's so compelling and it's so awful. I have to run around the room. Yeah, it's like the office sometimes when it's so embarrassing you have to actually make a cup of tea and just listen to it. Exactly. Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. But surely this has happened to you. You've done something and in your mind you've heard that music coming in. Oh, we did the the Queenstown Winter Festival a couple of years ago, which is a great event because basically they pay you in skiing and accommodation. (laughs) So you you have to talk for 10 minutes and then you just go skiing and it's fantastic. (laughs) Two terrible things. They made me do this celebrity ski race. Now, given that I've been on skis for 20 minutes in my life, (laughs) I I got about 20 metres down the slope, then my skis fell off and I had to run the rest of the way. (laughs) So everyone else is on skis, so I just ran the rest of the way in ski boots, which make you move like Frankenstein's monster and fell over his picnic table that was all hideous and then we had to do this hideous appearance in a shopping mall which no one knew we were turning up there was a couple of people that had done Dancing with the Stars in New Zealand <laughs> and the Top Twins I don't know if you know the Top Twins they're yes, totally yeah. lesbian sisters who are icons back home um, and they do they do tours uh, in their caravans are they, build, are they billed as yodeling 
lesbian <laughs> sisters. I'd like to think Not so. really, but we all know. Oh, okay. But they are institutions. It's understood that they do. Yeah, yeah. and one of them is a horse whisperer, which is even more exciting. They're, they're fantastic. But, so we is always... that a euphemism, Tony? Or <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> bit of a horse whisperer, apparently. Oh, I totally interviewed my dog. Oh, yeah. um, but, but so we all end up in this um, shopping mall for some kind of weird appearance. But you know when no one knows that you're there or why yes. you're there and there's a mic but there's no stage and there's no reason for you to be there. And so we all ended up doing a conga line. Oh. And so <laughs> with Shane, someone rather, who was on Dancing with the Stars. Well, well, have you ever gone that low, Tom? Well, the, the, the celebrity area is always a bit fraught, and, and mm. the, the Logie's red carpet walk is <laughs> 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 one of those great moments to bring you down, because basically, if you're over 40, none of the kids lined up there have a clue who you are, and so, and especially if you make the mistake of getting in behind someone from home and away, uh-huh. you're basically like slipstreaming your way through, and, and even that, that look where, where as, you, as you're approaching, it's usually, who's it, Richard Wilkins, or yeah, yeah. around you or someone, they kind of turn, they look, and they go, oh! Oh, and then, then they realise it's, it's no one. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's slightly awkward moment. Well, do I stand here and demand to be interviewed? Or do I force my autograph on somebody? Or do I try to... Forcibly sign something. <laughs> or do you do the carry in and go back again? <laughs> Round the block, grabbing the red carpet. In fact, I saw one worse than carry in last year. Maria Benuti, who I was trying to work out why... She, is she involved in pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, the, she's a voluptuous Carmen Miranda style. She yeah. was arrangement. forcing her bosoms into some teenagers' faces. Like, she so wanted the photograph that... And the, obviously, these kids didn't really know who Maria Benuti was. <laughs> <laughs> But she was she was not going to move on until they'd all taken at least several oh. photographs of both sides. Then she went through. So anyway, yeah, the, the, the Logie's red carpet can be, that music can sort of uh, follow me at any time. Well, you don't have to have gone up the red carpet of the Logie's. You can just have made a dick of yourself at Christmas at your house, even on your own. Everyone's heard this music come in. <laughs> Everyone who calls up will get something from Ed Cavalier's locker. Can, can I give away my cape? Because I really don't want to take this home. <laughs> Why not throw it in the mix? Yeah. Yes. Someone will get the cape of good hope yeah. from the back of Cal Wilson. Give us a call with your embarrassment. One triple three five three. And we're talking about embarrassment. Has anyone done a dance like uh, George Bush? Has anyone had a tub of baked beans thrown over them by Hugh Grant? Anything embarrassing at all? Let's meet him. Who's going first? Richard. G'day, Paul. You've got an embarrassing moment? Hey, Paul. Hi. That's out. Hey, how you doing? I thought we were going to have to give ourselves the music for a second there. (laughs) What happened, Paul? Uh, I had to dance like Peter Garrett that I uh, worked to. Well, you had to. Well, I had like a um, thing where you get up and take a bit of paper out of a hat. Yeah. And um, I drew the Peter, Peter Garrett dance, so yeah. You've got to give us a speech on the moment. You've got to doing that dance with Laurie Oaks a couple of weeks ago. But surely it's hard to cock up, though. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I'm having... Okay. Well, I guess that's embarrassing. But can we go more embarrassing, Richard? Uh, Brett, can you top that? You've got a more uh, embarrassing moment? Yeah, I do. It was actually uh, during the taking of my capel photo. Oh, right. Yeah. Are you uh, one of our runners-up by any chance? Uh, uh, no, unfortunately. Oh, well, you're getting yourself a prize anyway. What happened, sir? Um, I was in the middle of Chatswood in the middle of the day, and um, I'm a traffic controller. Yeah. And I was stopping traffic wearing a 
a nice long flowing bath towel. I was stopping stopping traffic for no reason just to take a photo. Yeah. And uh, we had hundreds of people walking around pointing and going, what the hell is he doing wearing a cape? And everyone was honking their horns, telling me to get off the road. <laughs> okay. For a good cause. It was for a brilliant cause. Under the rules of paper, is a bath uh, towel is acceptable. Oh, yeah. The rules were only drawn up about two days ago. <laughs> is there any article of fabric that you've actually excluded as a Glad uh, No, we did uh, draw the line of superhero costume okay. because we felt it was, you know, that's where we got a cape in there. Yeah. Okay. So there was one rule. Okay. It was almost organised. Uh, thank you. Who have we got now? Andrew. Are you there, Andrew? I'm here. Have you made a fool of yourself, sir? Yeah, uh, when I first started going to the gym, I walked in with a mate of mine and I uh, got on the bench press and bench pressed what I thought was a fair amount. And about two seconds later, after I got off, a woman jumped on, looked at it, got off again, put, put more weight on, and then bench pressed it fairly easily. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Slim hit. I right, just I'm into the gym and just uh, pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Gyms are hotbeds of embarrassment. Really you, sure you get on these like crazy stepper treadmill type machines and there's buttons and you've got to enter your, your weight and your rage. How impertinent is that? Because, and, and what you want to achieve. Right? And, and, and invariably the little towel you're carrying slips off and gets caught yeah. in the treadmill mechanism. Always embarrassment in the gym. By that time, it's time to go home. Exactly. Exhausting. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Andrew. Who's going next? Hi, Reddy, you there? Uh, yes, I am. And when have you made a dick of yourself? Um, when I was 14, we used to camp in Maringula, and they had um, a trampoline there, and I was quite good at doing tricks and things, and by about the third day, I had quite a big crowd coming to watch me. And I was doing um, back salts, and I did them one after the other, and I got to number 10, and when I landed, I passed wind, <laughs> and then someone yelled out, um, you know, about a 16-year-old boy, what a great trick that was, and I jumped off the trampoline and ran away. <laughs> Did they still talk about it? Uh, possibly, possibly. <laughs> Rita, do you think a beautiful green cape with Cape of Good Hope <laughs> written on it would sort of leave in the embarrassment? Oh, let's have your way, courtesy of Cal Wilson. Ah. Let one off, see it fly. It's fantastic. Thanks to everyone who was embarrassed. Uh, we do have prizes for everyone. We don't know what they are yet. It's going to be whatever we find in Ed Cavalier's locker. What are you, Old it? sandwiches. Does he have a locker at Thank God You're Here, Tom? No, no. It will, will involve food stuff, though, inevitably. Won't. <laughs> of course it will. It's a Bay Marie in there. We'll be back uh, with more in a moment. I'll get this. <laughs> Powerfinger lost and running here again this on Triple M. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Ed Cavalier's not here, but we do have Cal Wilson and Tom Gleisner filling in. Uh, what's going on with Snoop Dogg? That's uh, definite, is it? He's not going to be allowed here? Not allowed. Not a person of character, apparently, to, to get in, which is... I mean, they want a gangster rapper, but they want someone with a perfectly, you know, yes. clear <laughs> criminal... A nice, respectable gangster mm. rapper. A bit of a struggle, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know who they... Uh, I mean, Evan Rudd, I mean... Have you heard about his theme music? What did he choose today? It was on stage, wasn't it? On about 10 o'clock today, he hit the stage in, in Sydney Convention Centre. I don't know, because they're talking I about... the Tiger? Oh, no, not really. No, no, no it was something specially composed, because Mark Latham, when he entered the uh, the convention for uh, the Labor Party in 2004, he entered to NXS's new sensation. <laughs> oh, no, not good. What could uh, oh, Kevin Rudd be? like me, Kevin Rudd. What have we got, bro? Right? 
congratulations to Amanda Vanstone, who's got, yes. the, got the plum posting, the, uh, the plum posting they're calling it, to, to Italy, which I, I'm not. I look, 22 years service in Parliament, I think it's fair enough that you get sure. an overseas posting. But wouldn't Christmas Island or Nauru be <laughs> a little more appropriate? I'll, I'll leave it with you. Senator, what else is in the post? Just a few things I've got to mention. Oh, look, a lot of people have been uh, sending us in this photo. I talk in my book, Lolly Scrambles, still available, of turning issues. It's a big deal if you're a typographer. But be careful with the word flick. Yes. The word flick. If it's photographed too small, you know what can happen. My friend Flicker, published in the 1970s in a song serif font when it was reprinted in the Whitcalls catalogue in New Zealand. Oh, the embarrassment. I think you know what I'm talking about. Look at this photo people have been sending in of Richard Branson in front of the flick-off sign. Okay. As part of the flick-off. Mm. That's not it, working. You get it on the wrong angle. That's not working. Suddenly great. that sign is saying what everyone wants to say to was, Richard Branson. Was it a kerning issue? I remember when, the, was it the Late Show came back for its second series, the ABC actually took out ads in, in the paper. It might have been the Late Show. And, it was, and, and you looked at it, you opened up and said, Atlas T. At last. And <laughs> some of didn't get it right. Let's see. Let's see. Nato Garrow is back. I had a business card with comedian written across the top. There was like a little picture and comedian written in sort of like all different, uh, you know, capitals and lowercase and stuff. And my grandma looked at it and she went, who's come Diane? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a poor name. No? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Uh, hold that. We're going to play that next, Mr. Martha. Okay. One more song, and then we'll be back to boot the show home. Get this on Triple M. <laughs> on Triple M, our last show for a week. We're off next week. Uh, thank you very much, Cal Wilson, for filling in for Ed today. Oh, thank you very much. I feel like my shoulders have got unfeasibly broad since <laughs> I've been here. Grown several inches. <laughs> and of course, nice paper rustling. Oh, Alice, last my teeth. I can't make Ed noises. Tom Glyce has been sitting in for the hour. Thanks, Tom. Anything to plug, really? Yeah, no, we, we've got a very little. Oh, Fifi Box is dancing uh, in the final for um, uh, Nazareth right. Stars, and she's supporting a charity close to my heart, Learning for Life, and, and all the nice. Santa. So please vote one, Fifi Box. We're all behind Fifi. And would if Fifi was to win, would that, I don't really watch the show, but would it be the first time? Uh, someone who doesn't work for Channel 7 as well? Or is, is that a guy? No, no, uh, Anthony Kudafiti, the Carlton footballer, won uh, last time. But often you then get snapped up into a Channel 7 show, so who knows? Uh, all right, well, we'll see what happens there. Something that's certainly been uh, the talk this week are these abusive phone calls. Celebrities getting into abusive phone calls. You would have heard Alec Baldwin's mm-hmm. messages. And, of course, John Jarrett. Did you hear that one? That was quite disturbing. Uh, the man who runs our uh, production department, uh, Mr. Matt Dow, decided to turn them loose on each other.
you listen to Fagini. Thank you, Mick Kevley. We'll see you in a week. And I think our key phrase.